You are listening to Resident Strangers. I'm Sarah Shallow, and I'm joined in the studio by Steve Ingram and Rich Holland. So we are back in our doctrinal statement. We are flying through. I feel like we're going to maybe be through it before we know it. I don't know. There's plenty that we could talk about with all of these points on here. Well, I think for the next couple of years, we were talking about this earlier today at lunch, that as we begin to unpack the uh, meteor pieces uh, going forward, I think we'll always kind of be coming back to this. So, yeah, we've we've got ideas to go for a long time. Yeah, We may be sitting in heaven. That's right. And doing our podcast. I, say. May, maybe. <laughs> going, give, going into our pre-millennial <laughs> one from. I'll give you a maybe on that one. I don't know. Well, I've just, we've reconfigured our seating a little bit. Nobody can see us right no. now, but I'm at the head of the table now, so I can really see Steve and Rich. So well, this we is, thought we ought to have the table reflect reality. <laughs> well, I was going to say, That's this right. is a real treat for me. The but. driver of the bus <laughs> needs to be in the head. Right. <laughs> Well, let's jump into our doctrinal statement. So like I said, we're on number 11. So this is going to be a fun one. So here's what what it says. This is found on our website, as always, linked in the show notes if you want to check it out. Here's what number 11 says. Salvation is by grace through personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. It is not of works. So if anybody remembers, if you're a longtime listener of Resident Strangers, I think it was... It was back in the fall at some point. I don't know when, but I said that there was a topic that my RAs at my Christian college said was not allowed to be discussed on our hall simply because of the, the tension that it can cause and the, um, fiery conversations that can happen. So that's the topic that we are on today. We're still probably not going to address the controversy though that you experienced (laughs) in college. (laughs) Which we, one? We will, though. We, we will, though, eventually get to the lay all of that out. Again, I, I'm now questioning your college. If we can't talk to salvation is by grace to personal faith yeah. in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. It is not no, that works. That's not what she meant. Well, Steve. it, it kind of goes in with another line of thinking, yeah. I think, is well, more what I'm We may touch at. on it in either this episode or the next episode. Yeah. But, but that's one of those, I think, that yeah. down the line, down the line, we <laughs> will going to keep us talking for a long yes, time. And that's sure. more what I'm talking about. Yes. Not necessarily yeah. the statement. It's more that there's implications, thinking, yeah. or thought processes that can yeah. go along Things with Things that, that so. people bring along to yes. talk about with it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, so, so for, yeah, for this one, uh, actually, the first thing I want to do is kind of go backwards just a wee little bit here, because to, the reason why it's important to talk about salvation, it goes to what we were saying before on our episode about the doctrine of humanity, right? And we talked about it then, and I'll just mention it again now. Uh, The reason why we have to talk about salvation is because of the predicament that all humans find themselves in now. Like we are born into a state that needs to be addressed, right? We are born alienated from God. And so before we can even, I guess, talk about salvation, it's worth mentioning that the Bible describes the human condition such that every single one of us is born alienated from God and in need of reconciliation 
with God. The way I think you put it before is we were born outside uh, the garden. Yes, outside the garden. And we need to get back in into relationship with God. So, right. So we talked about the consequences of sin and the result being death. And we, we went through a lot of that stuff. Passages like Romans 5.12 about death entering through uh, entering the, the world through the one man and then all of us sin. Uh, Ephesians 2 talks about how, uh, you know, in describing the uh, the results of salvation, Paul actually reminds them that before they were saved, he describes it like this. You were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise. And this is the dark one here, having no hope and without God in the world. That's the prior to salvation. And Ephesians 2.19, the results of salvation is you're no longer strangers, you're no longer foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I think we even talked about Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So I guess, you know, Steve, one, people who are listening, it's possible that somebody could be tempted to think that they are born sort of at a neutral place and they might have, maybe they think in my mind, oh, well, I have to really screw something else, uh, screw something up. Otherwise I'm okay. Uh, but that's not the biblical picture. It's not the biblical picture. And the one thing I would want to say, just as we move to this is that really everything we have talked about so far in our discussions here, other than maybe the Halloween issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all of the doctrine leads us to this point. Right. And that's why it's so important. Man, apart from God, left to himself, is without hope. He is in his sin. There is a need for salvation. Right. So we're made to be in relationship with God and when we're not when we're born into this world. And so God, then this, this is the New Testament picture. What is it that God is doing? God is in the business of providing a way of salvation to reconcile us to himself. Uh, and so that brings us to the to the substance of today's conversation. How is it then? How is somebody saved? Um, and so, you know, the boldface font in our in our doctrinal statement, when we have it printed out, uh, Sarah, it highlights salvation is by grace, grace. Mm -hmm. And I guess the point here is that that is to be distinguished from salvation by, well, any other means. Right. Yes. But people are going to be tempted to think that. It involves, well, I have to clean up my life. I have to be a good person. I have to do certain kinds of things. I have to perform good works. And that is, I guess, our major point of emphasis, right, is salvation is not by what we do. Rather, it is God's undeserved favor toward us that when we have faith in Jesus, he saves us. Salvation by grace is the distinctive character of true Christianity, Every other religion of the world, every false off-brand side of Christianity is all about how does right. man get to God. True Christianity, as it is found in the Word of God and embodied in Jesus, is how God came to man. He's yeah. the one who reached out to us and bridged the gap that we could not bridge. And so that is the heart of salvation by grace that Jesus came and did for us what we could not do. He fixed 
what we could not fix. He bridged the gap that we could not bridge. And that's why it is so important that we understand, because this really is the crux of what Christianity is about. The grace of God found in Jesus, that as he died on the cross, and if you go back to that episode, and we talked about the great transaction where he died in our place, he bore our sins. And not only did he pay our penalty, but now he infuses a to us, not only forgiveness, but his righteousness so that we stand accepted before God, just like Jesus. And that complete work is not based on what we do or what we've done or our efforts or our good intentions or the color of our skin or where we're born or anything about us. How much hair we have on our heads. That's right. <laughs> one of us would be in big trouble here. I would be in big trouble. But it is based upon the grace, and maybe we ought to define that, un- uh, yeah. unmerited favor. Unmerited favor, undeserved favor, yeah. What, what we don't deserve, the grace of God uh, that he brought and offers to everyone who will come to him by faith. I've, talk- I, I've Go got a quick question that might be yeah. a little bit of a curveball and i i don't think y'all need to go so deep into this for Sorry, some we reason like your curveball so. okay well this is this has just been coming in my heart and mind as we're as we're talking so you know you're talking about when you're born you mm-hmm. know we are born separated from god what about babies who die and babies who are born you know whether it it's a miscarriage a i know it's a curveball <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's actually do, a great question. It is a good, it's a fantastic question. That, you know, whether we go into the weeds with it right now or not, that there are, I don't want to, I don't know if I should use the word exception or extra measures of God's grace that um, we see. Well, I mean, yes, I guess is the short answer. Uh, for me, anyway, yes, is the short answer. Yeah, I, I think scripture is very clear. There's a lot of arguments. Could I postpone that one to yes. our yeah. next? Absolutely. Because I, I actually, I love that, that question. question. I've I done a lot of research episode. into that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's going to get us really nuanced <laughs> yes. into some things. I knew it was. Because I, I think why. there's some, I think there's some great biblical evidence to yeah. that, that extra measure of grace that, that God provides for those. Uh, but it, it's just, it's a whole discussion. Yeah. So I appreciate bringing it up, but well, like, I did not have that down for next well, week. I, I didn't either. And I'm not a parent myself, but it was just yeah. one of those things. Oh, it's yeah. been, oh, it totally. suddenly came to my heart yeah. as we were talking, well, as is. you were well, talking. You know, so. Tammy and I uh, yes. lost a child at 20 weeks. Yeah. Uh, and so it, uh, or excuse me, it was 12 weeks and, and it was one of those questions, right? Yeah. So it's something that is very important yeah. and I would love to address it. And it is connected to our theme here though, Steve, because the whole point, and you were just describing this right when we talk about salvation by grace you know i can see from like a a worldly perspective a lost person's perspective somebody that's not familiar with the god of the bible how they might have in their mind that oh well if something's wrong i have to search after god i have to seek after god i got to go find out what the formula is i've got to figure out i've got to unlock the mystery and what when we talk about god's grace it's not that at all it's not me searching after god it's god searching after me Right. It's God has brought himself down. And if you read like the Gospels, this seems to be Jesus approach to the whole thing. It's that Jesus is sent by the father 
so that he could redeem those who are lost. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm In fact, one of the <laughs> scriptures that we use that I love is that passage out of Romans chapter three. So if you're familiar with Romans and he's made the argument why yeah. all are guilty before God. So verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And now here's where the big switch being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So if you remember when we talked about the cross and what was accomplished there through Jesus, that he paid our penalty. We were redeemed by his death for us, whom God displayed publicly, verse 25, as a propitiation, God is satisfied, propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just, right? So he he hasn't just winked and and dismissed Mm -hmm. sin, but also the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded by what kind of law of works? No, but by the law of faith for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And this to me is so important because it's, it's, it's a message of hope that no matter what I've done, no matter how far I'm down my life, that I can have a relationship with God because it's not based upon me. It's not based upon what I've done or haven't done. It is based upon what Jesus already did. The sad part is, is the human nature drives us to the idea of trying to fix ourselves. Yeah, There's that problem and we're going to overcome it. I think especially here in America, you know, our rugged, rugged individualism, you know, we're going to fix it. We're going to pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And, and sadly, even offshoots of Christianity start getting this wrong and they start putting pieces to it that, well, you, but you also got to do this and you also got to do that. You know, for some it's, well, you also have to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Or for others, it's you also have to take communion. And for others, it's, well, you also have to keep the Ten Commandments. Grace says no matter what we've done, no matter how we have lived, when we come to that place of personal faith in Jesus, in him alone, because when he cried out, it is finished, the debt's paid, it was done, that By that grace, we can enter into a relationship with God with our sins forgiven, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That's what it means that salvation is by grace alone. Now, I mean, yes. And, but I I guess the first, the next thing that goes through my mind, Steve, as you're explaining that part of it is if, if I'm born lost, as scripture seems to indicate it, that I am. And if salvation is by grace, the question then is if I am not earning, if that's not what, what I'm supposed to do, if, if I can't do certain things, if I can't whatever, do the works or whatever it is, seek after God and find God and all that, if it's not me, well then what is it? What is it that has to happen for me to be saved? Right. And my mind 
goes to passages like we have referenced in our doctrinal statement. One of them is John 1, 11 through 13, right? And this is where John is describing Jesus coming into the world. And John says that he was the true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was made through him. The world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. And I think that's a reference to the, the Jewish people who rejected mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. And then the next phrase, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. So it seems like that, what does it take then for me to be saved? If it's not good works, it seems like what John, in the words of John here, I have to receive Jesus, right? And then if you go to the end of John's gospel, where John is talking about the purpose of him writing, right? John 20, uh, I don't have this written down in front of me, but John 20, 31, I guess it is, where Uh, John says, look, I could have written all kinds of other things in this book about what Jesus did, but I wrote these things so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ. Christ, the Messiah, the the one chosen by God to be our salvation. The son of the living God, and that in believing you might have life in his name. That is the correct reference. Oh, is it? Okay, excellent. So John 20, 31. There you go. So it's like I am. So if I just look at those two verses, right, what does it take for me to be saved? I have to receive Jesus and believe and believe certain things about him. And I think maybe we should talk about what what else that means. It's not just believe that you know, certain things yeah. are true about Jesus, but believe in Jesus, that is trust, right? It's, yes, trust is the, is the best word, but it's not just believing historical facts. Right. You know, we sometimes lose sight of the fact that there are many that were there that day that watched Jesus die, that believed he died, mm-hmm. but that did nothing for them. Right. They were still in their rebellion. The crux, as I like to explain it, I think, is when I get to the point of understanding and believing not just simply that Jesus died, but that he died for me. Mm. It was for me. It was for my sin. He is my only hope. And so I put my trust, Mm. my faith in him. The best way I've ever seen faith described is trusting. There's that word trusting in Jesus alone for eternal life. That's what salvation is. And by eternal life, it's not living forever. Eternal life at its heart, John 17, is a relationship with God. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you and they may know me. Mm. So eternal life is a relationship with God. So it's trusting in Jesus alone, what he did on the cross, who he is, for that relationship with God with which I have standing, not only today, but forever. Yeah. What verse is that in James? I'm looking for it here where James says, uh, it's you believe in God. I think it's one nineteen. Is it one nineteen? Don't quote me. On uh, that. I'm going to, I'm going to try to find it right now. <laughs> I just put it out of our podcast. <laughs> going, no, that's not it. Well, uh, no, it's not one nineteen. <laughs> Sorry. Well, while Rich is looking, you know, something unique about our church, you know, if you attend desert Springs, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. And if you're listening and you don't, our church is, we're, we're near an air force base. We're near Mm -hmm. a school. We're near retirement community. Well, we're near multiple schools, but a retirement community. And also we're about five miles away from a, from a pretty 
high level security women's prison. Yes. Mm -hmm. And back in November, uh, me and some others from the church got to go into that prison and lead a Mm. service. And I got to lead worship and pastor Sean preached. And I say all this to say, I don't know that I've ever seen a more beautiful picture of the grace of God Mm -hmm. than when I'm, you know, you talk about it's, it's no matter what you've done. I don't know what, you know, the women that I was ministering to that, I have no idea what their story was or what, what they were in for. But, you know, I still can't get that picture out of my mind of, of women just raising their hands and singing. I I'm a child of God. Yes, Mm -hmm. I am. And so that's just, that's just been running through my mind too, as y'all been talking about this grace, you know, we, we like to think of it in our maybe kind of comfortable Christian life. Oh yes. You know, the grace, my middle name is grace. You know, it's just a word we use a lot. Sarah Grace. I did not know that. That's my My government name name is grace. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. I have a long story about that. (laughs) Well, all all that to say, I think just when you really think about the gravity of it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And the reference by the way, was 219, James 219. Yeah. And that's, I'll just, I may as well say this is from, uh, I'm I'm trying out a new version today, Steve. It's the Berean study Bible. All right. Uh, You believe that God (laughs) is one good for you. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Right. And so the point is, and like you were saying, uh, Sarah, about having, you know, your experience, it's not just believing things about God. That's not what gets salvation. It's, it's, being related to God, you, like you were the, and I'm, are you talking about that song lyric where they were singing? Yes. I don't even know what's the name Do of you that like song. The song. I love the song. Go oh, ahead. Okay. Uh, who, I, you, I, who you say I yeah, am. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> this is a major win that Rich likes a worship song. Rich likes a song. Ooh. I like all of them. I just have nitpicky Lift things to say. Lift up your heads. Redemption draws nigh. <laughs> my, my point is that, yes, we are children of God. It's a yes. relationship relationship yeah. with God that mm-hmm. begins when a person uh, personally uh, puts faith in uh, Jesus alone for salvation. Well, the yeah. song even says that his yeah. grace runs deep. Yes. Yeah. In fact, one of the verses that concerns people, and I think it should, and we're actually going to talk about this in our next section also. Uh, but Jesus said in that day, many will come to me and say, mm-hmm. Lord, Lord. Oh, yeah. We've cast out demons in your name, right? We've done works in your name. Mm-hmm. And you know what he says? Depart from me. I never knew, knew you. you. Mm. See, it's about relationship. And yeah. the only way we enter in relationship with God is through the atonement of Jesus and that alone. Trusting in Jesus alone. And that's the thing I would probably like to end on. Yeah. Is just simply if you are listening to us today and you've not come to that point of putting your faith in what Jesus did for you and trusting in that alone. It it doesn't matter how much you've been in church and how much you have served or, or on the other side, all the bad things. It doesn't matter because apart from Jesus, we're all sinners. But Jesus died for you. And if you will put your faith, your trust in him alone, invite him. The, the word that John used was receive him as your savior. He'll give you eternal life. That is his promise and he can't lie. Amen. Well, thank you both. This has been a great episode. We'll be back again next week. Make sure you come back for part two of our discussion. Thanks for listening to Resident Strangers, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. 
Resident Strangers is hosted by Steve Ingram, Rich Holland, and me, Sarah Shallow. Our show is produced by Brandon and Brittany Petrie, and again, me, Sarah Shallow. If you like our podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, leave a review, and visit dscchurch.com for more information. Oh,